0: Good morning, Revolution Church. How are you guys today? Great. Awesome, awesome. Um, how many just want to kill Jason louder right now? Awesome. Yes. Hey, can we close those doors, guys? Please, thanks. Um, all right. Um, just so glad you guys are here today and um, um, just excited about this season. And uh, Thanksgiving and, and Christmas and all of the good stuff that goes along with it. How many you excited about the holidays? Come on. I love the holidays. They're awesome. Um, okay, so I want to start out today's message because we're in this generosity series and we're getting ready to conclude it. And I want to just start out by doing something. Um, first of all, help me do the... Chris, you ready? Okay, uh, and I want, I want to just... Um, I want to get your feedback on this. Is, is this a good smile? Is that a good smile? No. Oh, God. Is this a good smile? No. How about this one? That's right. Is that better? Okay. They tell me I don't smile enough, and it's I, so I have to work on it. So, so next week, they're going to get a Nerf gun. If I don't smile, they're going to shoot me. So if you see stuff coming, you'll know what's going on. All right. So, okay. So let's get going here today. Let's invite the Holy Spirit and to join us and get some fun things I want to talk to you guys about and also some stuff that will just challenge us. All right. So, Lord, we just thank you. Holy Spirit, we just worship you, and we're so grateful for all that you're doing in our life. Lord, we're so grateful for the collection of people who are here today. Lord, we're determined to discover your unchanging love for us that we would live in your unchanging love for us every single day. And Father, we just thank you. I ask you to speak for me. I surrender myself. Holy Spirit, I ask that your words would come forward today and that there would just be a spirit of wisdom and revelation here, Lord, and that people would receive what they need. Lord, I pray for a touch from heaven in this congregation, Lord, that whatever need exists in this congregation, Lord, that you would meet that need. We as humans don't know how to meet the needs, but you do, Lord, and we worship you and we thank you in advance for all the miracles and all the divine things that you're going to do in this room today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, "Amen." Amen. All right, let's put that. Uh, let's put that uh, image up, Chris, and let's take a look at this. I want you guys. Do you guys recognize this image? Do you guys recognize? How many of you guys use these when you text? Yeah. Okay. These are called. These are called emojis. In case even I know that. All right. So so. You got a happy emoji and you have a sad emoji, right? So we're going to do a little exercise here today because I'm going to uh, read some things to you and I want to get your opinion on them. Okay, so when you see the happy emoji, you say "Yay!" All right, I say so. Let's let's practice together. Come on, "Yay!" Happy emoji. Come on, "Yay!" Okay, is that smiling? Is that goodness smile for you? Okay, awesome. Okay, cool. Get get at least one or two good pictures. Okay, cool. All right, when you see the when you see the sad emoji, I want you to go, boo. All right, come on, practice. Boo. Okay, okay, let's practice emoji. One more time. Happy emoji? Yay! Sad emoji? Boo. Okay. All right, so I'm gonna ask you some questions here, and I want to get your response. All right, so you're a lions fan. No. No, no. No, no, no. I gotta finish. I gotta finish. I gotta finish. You're a Lions fan. How does God feel about you? Yay! (laughs) Okay, I love it. I love it. All right. All right. So you're a Michigan fan. Yay. You're you're going for Ohio State. Oh, I knew I'd get you all on that one. All right. So, okay. All right. How about this one? You're over 30 years old, and you still believe in Santa Claus. How does God feel about you? Come on. (laughs) That explains everything about you guys. That explains it all. All right. Okay. All right. So, uh, you've been working really hard, and you got that promotion. Okay. Awesome. All right. All right. You dropped some change in the Salvation Army bucket. How does God feel about you? Awesome, awesome! You finally took that step to be water baptized. How does God feel about you? Awesome! You helped a desperate family in need, and they came to Christ. How does God feel about you? You snapped at your family member because they kept changing the remote. How does God feel about you? Oh. That's it. Relationship series in February. It's coming just for you. All right. Okay. All right. You're going to love this one. You punched your boss because of a misunderstanding. How does God feel about you? Ooh, mixed emotions on that one. All right. You filed for divorce. How does God feel about you? Mm. Okay. All right. You aren't sure about all this God stuff anymore. How does God feel about you? Where's all the yays and the boos, guys? Come on. So, So here's the deal. Here's the deal, guys. Now, here's my point. I want you to hear this. What if I told you... Smile again. Is that a good smile? What if I told you that when God thinks about you he is always saying, yay, yeah. When God thinks about you, he's always saying, come on, yay. I know, I know that's hard to comprehend. And today, we're going to get a hold of this today because I want you to know today, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that when God thinks about you, what God thinks about you, what God thinks about you, no matter what you've been through, no matter what challenge you're in, No matter how you feel about yourself, God sees you as yay. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, come on, God sees you as a yay. Come on, tell them. Tell them. Come on, come on. Punch them. Tell them. Punch them. Tell them. All right. Awesome. Okay. So I want you to see three scriptures. We're going to go through this. And and I think this is going to be enlightening. I think it was a game changer for me when I started to study this and when I started to come to understand this. It's one of the main reasons why the vision of our church is about discovering God's unchanging love because God's love for us never changes. How many of you figured that out? If God's love for us changed, then he couldn't be eternal God. But God's love for us never changes. We change, but God never changes. How many of know that's good news right there, right? All right, so Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6 says this. It says... He made us accepted in the beloved. This is the scripture. This is saying that God made us, you and I, accepted in the beloved in Christ. So what this is telling us is this. When you become a Christian, when Jesus comes to live on the inside, when you say yes to Christ, then the Bible says that God accepts you. This is amazing. How many of you like being accepted? Come on. How many of you just love the feelings of being rejected, right? Right. Okay. Come on. All right. Accepted is a rejected is a okay. God has accepted you. I'm telling you, okay. This word "accepted" in the Greek, when you get into it, it means this. It means most highly favored. It is. There's only two times in the Scripture that this word is used. The only other time this this Scripture is used is in the book of Luke when it was talking about. Uh, Mary and how when Mary accepted the call to receive Jesus and and to be the bearer of, of, of Christ the Bible says the angels called her most highly favored the Bible says this in this scripture in Ephesians chapter 1 here verse 6 that you and I are in this class of being most highly favored this is awesome so so this is what this all means okay when you put this all together that we've been accepted in the beloved okay it means that that God has a good opinion of you, and it can't change. It's eternal. God's opinion of you can't change, and it's eternal. When you become a follower of Christ, or when you become a Christian and Jesus comes to live inside of you, you are genuinely a Christian. God's opinion of you is good. How many you know? That is good news. Come on. That's good news. <laughs> I love it. OK. Let's, let's just practice that. When you know that God's opinion of you is good eternally, that is a. Yay! Awesome. God sees you good eternally. Now, He doesn't see you good eternally because of anything you've done. And He doesn't see you good eternally because of anything you're doing currently, good or bad, He sees you good eternally because of everything that Jesus did. And when we find ourselves, in Jesus, and Jesus is in us, I have got great news for you. God does not see those bad things that you do. He sees Jesus covering you, okay? And now, I'm not saying those bad things are good. I'm not saying destructive habits or destructive behaviors are good. I'm not. They're bad for you. It'll end your life early, it'll, it'll ruin relationships. The whole idea of this is when you find out that God's opinion of you is good eternally, that stuff will start falling off and you'll start falling more in love with Jesus. How many know that's good news, right? A couple more scriptures I want you to see. I want you to see, first of all, in Ephesians chapter 1, that God made you acceptable. You could not make yourself acceptable. I could not make myself acceptable. God made us acceptable. Ephesians chapter two says this. This is amazing. It follows right after this. It says, and you, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. This scripture is telling us that when you received Christ, he makes you alive. You and I were spiritually dead before we knew Christ. But when Christ came to live inside, of us, it was God who makes us alive. You know why? We couldn't make ourselves alive. God had to make us alive. Are you with me? God saw the spiritual state that man was in, that we were dead spiritually. And so instead of living in that Old Testament law where you had to do good and get good and do bad and get bad, God changed the system 2,000 years ago. He says, I'm going to send my son Jesus and I'm going to help them be accepted and I'm going to make them alive. How many know that's good news all right so ephesians chapter 2 also says this this is one of my favorite scriptures they're all my favorite scripture all right so ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 says this and then he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in christ jesus this is amazing i want you to see three things he has made he made us accepted He has an eternal good opinion of us. He made us alive. And now he makes us to sit down. Listen. In the Old Testament, when the priest would go in to serve in the temple, he would stand the whole time for this big, long ceremony. He had to stand. There was never a chair in there because it was reflective of this fact that in the Old Testament, when the priest had to do that, it was always work. It was always work. That's the reason why there wasn't a chair in there. But over here in the New Testament, we have this beautiful illustration here that we are not only made accepted, we are not only made alive, but you and I have been made to sit in heavenly places with Jesus what this means is you don't have to work anymore to please God you've already pleased him because Christ is in you are you getting this there's no work anymore you sit you sit in this place and when you sit with somebody you converse with them You talk with them. You do life with them. It's like being in a small group. It's like being in a coffee shop. You're doing life with somebody. You're expressing yourself. You're allowing them to express themselves to you. We sit now in heavenly places. Good news. He made us accepted. He made us alive. And now he makes us sit down. How many know that is such good news? Now, why? Why did he do all of this? First of all, I've already alluded to it. We could not do it for ourselves. We were all dead in our trespasses, all of us. And because man was spiritually dead because of what happened in the Garden of Eden, God put this elaborate system of of laws and blood sacrifices and rules and regulations together so this way man could survive. There was a time. Listen. There was a time when God's opinion of man wasn't always good. It was based on their behavior. And if their behavior was bad, they had to go pay for a sacrifice. They had to take it to the temple and go through this elaborate situation where their sin or their failure would then get transferred to the sacrifice and then they could go away and be free again. And God's opinion would be good of them. This is where. This, this whole concept came in. Well, does, is God like me? Does God not like me? Is God mad at me? Is God not mad at me? In the Old Testament, it was completely conditional. But the greatest news of all, that when you come over here into the New Testament, because he makes us alive, he makes us accepted, he makes us to sit down, the guess is over. You are always good in his sight. Come on, somebody. God's opinion of you is Good. Somebody said, yay. All right, so this is awesome, awesome, awesome. There's a new system. There's a new sheriff in town, and he loves you. He's not judging you on your behavior. He's not judging you on your failure. He's not judging you on any even current situation you're in right now. No, friends, today he loves you, and I believe you're not here by accident. I believe if you're dealing with the weight of guilt and shame or some kind of condemnation for something that you might be in and something that you want to come out of, you're in the right place at the right time because God's unchanging love is here. He's made you alive. He's made you accepted, and he wants you to sit with him and enjoy his presence and help you come out of all that. I know that's good stuff right there. Come on. All right. So why am I seeing all of these things? Because when you understand that God's opinion of you is good and it does not change, you have this courage this courage starts coming in, inside of you—a courage to step out, a courage to do some things, a courage to say, you know, something. I'm going to come out of this junk. I'm going to come out of this mess. I'm going to come out of this addiction. I'm going to come out of this, thing. and I'm going to do something special with my life. I'm telling you, one of the things we want people to get here at Revolution Church is that listen—if you have a dream in your heart, this is a great place where you can dream again. This is a place where you can partner with us. Let us partner with you and do some dreaming together. Have the courage to step out and do something special with your life, just like you're going to see in this video.
1: My name is Shay, and I am a worship leader. Serving in the capacity that I am now as a worship leader, it has really touched me in a way that I didn't know was possible. I have a confidence that I never had before. It's helped me to grow in my gifting, but also grow in God and in every aspect of my life also, not just up on a stage, but every day, you know, walking, praising God, worshiping God, seeing him in the little things. To know that he loves us with everything, no matter what we've done, no matter what we've you know, gone through, no matter what a situation is, that God truly is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, giving, not to receive anything personally, but to pour into others. And no matter what you think your talent is, or you know, maybe my talent, you know, isn't like somebody else's, well, you know what, it's not. God created us individually and for a purpose. So take that gift, that talent that He has given you, and move forward, push into it, and you know, pray and ask God, you know, how do you want me to use this and what do you want me to use it for? When you really truly connect to his love, his unchanging love, there's a world that opens up that you never knew was possible.
0: We love you, Shay. We just, we, we absolutely love you. And how many know that that is the heart of God to step out and do something with your life, right? That doesn't just mean doing something in church. You know, in this generosity series, we've been talking about how. We can we can give God our time. We can give God our talents. And listen, the whole idea is this, and, and I want you to leave here today, that because you know God has a good opinion of you, you can give your time, you can give your talent, and watch God do some amazing things in your life. How I many of oh, that's good stuff right there, right? So, so all right. So here's the challenge, though. Here's a challenge that you come into a situation like this, the the boos and the yays, and you hear that constantly. It's almost like I can hear some of your heartbeats when I say God has a good opinion of you eternally. No matter what you do, God's opinion of you doesn't change. When I say that again and again, I can see some of you really want to run with it. Some of you are still, I could feel it bouncing off of you and coming back. It, that's okay. I'm good. I, I love you anyways. And here's the idea. The idea is I believe with all my heart that as you hear this and as you hear this, And as you hear this, like what happened to me five years ago when I started to hear that God's opinion of me doesn't change despite what I do or don't do, it was the biggest game changer in my life. And I hope it's a big game changer for you. So what happens when you hear a statement like God's opinion for you doesn't change and it's eternally good, okay? What happens is we start fighting with our feelings. We start fighting with the way we feel about it. I don't know that I really feel like that's the case. I don't really know that that I feel like that's true. And I'm asking you, and I'm, I'm challenging your feelings here today, because this really is not about feelings. We all have dealt with our feelings when it comes to this, okay? Because this is not a statement of feeling that God has made you accepted. It's a statement of faith that God has made you accepted. And the key in all this is when we take our feelings, how we feel about something, and we submit it to our faith, and we submit to what the Word of God says, that's when change starts to happen in our life, okay? And so that's what Happened to me. I started to take my feelings about the matter and I started to submit them to the way, to what the Word of God says. And that's when change started to happen. And so today, I I wouldn't want you to sit here today and allow your feelings to prevent you from taking the next step that God has for you. I believe God has an amazing destiny, an amazing purpose. I mean, if if you have done some exciting things in the Lord already, or, or you've achieved some exciting things in your life already, that's awesome. But listen, who are we to limit the additional things that God wants to continue to do in our lives? How many know God wants to do above and beyond all we can ask or think? How many know we serve a great, big God, right? And so what I want you to see is this, is that God wants to wants you to live in this place where you understand beyond a shadow of a doubt that his opinion of you doesn't change, and that is eternal, that he actually wrote something in the scripture to help us understand this, okay? And I want you to see this, all right? Because again, we're challenging our feelings right here, all right? God's opinion of us is good. It gives us the courage to step out and to do something, and now I want it to challenge our feelings, which oftentimes prevent us from stepping out and doing something. Notice this, what it says here in 2 Corinthians 5.21. I love this scripture. Oh, this is amazing. I'm going to have to say it again. It's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Come on. All right, so notice, notice what it says. It says he's talking about God. God made Christ who knew no sin. Now, how many of you know when Jesus walked the earth, he was sinless, okay? He did not sin, okay? So you have to understand that. He was the only human being in history that walked planet earth and did not sin. God made Christ who knew no sin to, I love this, judicially be sin on our behalf. What does this mean? Judicially be sin. This means that when Jesus hung on the cross, and he took the sin of mankind on the cross, and when he said, Father, it is finished, he took the sin of mankind that happened from the Garden of Eden all the way, and most people think it stopped at the cross, but I've got great news for you. When he said it's finished, he was referencing to all sin, past, present, and even future, all right? He said, it is finished finished something judicially happened that day here's what happened that day god took the sin all sin of mankind, every sin you could possibly think of and he put him on jesus and then god took sinless jesus his pureness His holiness, his joy, his fun, his prosperity, everything about who Jesus was, God took that and he put it on us. That was the judicial exchange. Are you getting this? So when this happened, when this happened, it says here, he made Christ who knew no sin to judicially be sin on our behalf so that in him we would become the righteousness of God. That is, we would be made acceptable to him. Acceptable to him. But you didn't say that word before. That we would be acceptable to him and placed in right relationship with him by his gracious, loving kindness. Oh, how many of you seen this here today? This judicial exchange that took place not an exchange of feelings it was an exchange of faith you guys come on and when you understand this this is i'm going to give you just a quick example a quick example how many of you own a home in here how many or bought a house okay okay when you buy a house and you're at the closing okay and the deed is handed to you and you're holding the deed in your hand and the person that 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 you bought the house from needs three or four days to move out of the house, okay? So they physically still have possession of the house. Here's the question. When do you own the house? When you take possession or when you hold the deed? When you hold the deed, you are physically the owner of the house, even though you don't physically live in the house. Are you guys getting this? Your right standing with God works much the same way. I know your feelings wrestle with you. You lived wrong. You did something dumb. You're still addicted to something else. But because you're in Christ, your faith says you're in right standing because you're in Christ, not because you feel it. Are you with me? And so it's much like this. You use the word judicial. I love this. I love this process because let's say you're in a court of law and let's say you're being frivolously sued. Let's say a corporation that has millions of dollars and, and tons of attorneys, they're coming against you. You don't have money. This is a frivolous situation. You're actually innocent, but you can't defend yourself. But you have to appear. How I mean, you know, That would be an intimidating situation. And you step up. They've got their team of 30 lawyers, and you're by yourself, and you're standing before the judge, and the judge says this to you. He says, you know, I feel really sorry for you, because you're about to get smoked by these guys over here. It's very clear. So here's what I'm going to do. Because you're outnumbered, and because this case is frivolous, and because this thing is against you, you didn't even cause this thing to happen, okay? I am going to leave the bench, and I'm going to come and defend you. I'm going to be your defense attorney. Then I'm going to jump back on the bench, and I'm going to be your judge. I'm going to be your defender, and I'm going to be your judge. Do you think we can win the case this way? That's what happened to you that day when you became a Christian. Come on, somebody. Jesus is not only your judge, but he's your defender, and it's case closed. He's the richest Jew in the world, and he's never lost a case. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you. That's the reason why what I'm saying, when your feelings are challenged about maybe some things you did or some things you didn't do or maybe some things that you're leaving undone, I'm telling you, God wants you to get a hold of this today. Submit your feelings to your faith. Submit your feelings to what the Word of God says. You might be in a situation right now where you're desperate and you're into some things that you are the only person that knows about. No one knows about it. And you're dealing with guilt and shame. And I'm telling you right now, God's opinion of you hasn't changed. I don't know why we think that when we get involved in some sort of sin or some sort of destructive behavior, we think that God's not in this with me. But guess what? He knows everything. He's everywhere. He's on the computer. He's at the bar. He's at that fight you got into with the boss. He's he's in your head when you've looked at some things that maybe you shouldn't have looked at. He is with you. And guess what? If you're a Christian, his opinion of you is still good. Good. And the idea is that you understand that this is good. This is the power that I receive to come out. This is the power that I receive to break that habit. This is the power that I received to come into this place of freedom. Where you say, Pastor Dino, I can sit with Jesus, the answer is yes. You've been working and trying to fight it on your own. You've been trying to solve it on your own. In one sense, you're a Christian and still trying to be your own God. And Jesus is saying, come on, man, I've made you accepted. I've made you alive. I've made you sit with me. Come on, let's come out of this together. I know that's a much better approach. And I believe that's what God is saying here to us today. The goal is as you see this, that you follow him, that you follow him more. That's the goal of understanding that God's opinion of you is good and it doesn't change. So, But feelings are real. I know that. They're very, very real. And so feelings are lodged in the state of mind that we have. Like how many ever heard that that term? I was in a bad state of mind. How many ever been in a bad state of mind, right? I've been in a bad state of mind every Sunday afternoon, like after one o'clock, okay? When I see my team lose. Come on, somebody. All right. It puts me in a bad state of mind. All right. I was in a good state of mind on Saturday when my team won. Sorry, Dan. God bless you. All right. So but how many of what I'm talking about? Your state of mind. So sometimes your state of mind is happy. Let's practice. Sometimes your state of mind is yay! And sometimes your state of mind is boo. How many know what I'm talking about? And oftentimes we judge our standing with God based on the, the state of our mind. Are you following me? Oh, I'm going to church and this is great. I just heard a God has a good opinion of me. Come on. But you know something? Wednesday comes along, and maybe you did get into that fight with your boss. Maybe you did punch him. Maybe maybe you may lose your job, and maybe your family's gonna be upset about it. Okay? Now we say, does God still have a good opinion of me? Come on, somebody. Yay. Yes, yes. Is he into you punching your boss? Yes, he is. Of course he is. (laughs) If he's an Ohio State fan, come on. (laughs) No, he's not into that. And he certainly doesn't condone the behavior. But it does not change the standing you have with him. So when... Something like that happens. We have to figure out how to submit my feelings or the way I feel about something to my standing. I need to submit my state of mind to my standing. Are you tracking with me? And so I'd submit my state of mind to my standing. I'm going to give you two nuggets, okay? Two nuggets because this works for me. It's what helps me and I hope that it helps you. I kind of said it a little bit last week that whenever I get into a situation where my state of mind is wrestling with me because I've failed somewhere or I feel like I've let my family down or I feel like maybe I've let you down as a pastor... Or, or maybe I feel like I've let somebody down or, or I didn't do my best and because I didn't do my best. Somebody suffered or somebody got hurt. I find myself that when I'm in that state of mind, or how about this one? That when I'm in a state of mind where maybe I looked at something a little bit too long, okay? that When I'm in that state of mind, I say to myself, Lord, I let my voice do the talking. I let my voice do my leading. I say, Lord... I know I feel this way, but I also know that you still love me, and your love for me doesn't change. I say that out loud. I say, God, you love me. Say that with me. Come on, God, you love me. And I say, and then I say this: I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Come on, say it. I am the righteous. You say it in the middle of your feelings, you guys. I promise you, this little nugget has saved my life. Because you understand that God's opinion of me is good, but we do live in this fallen world where there's junk all around us, where there's temptation that's all around us. Everywhere you go, But there's a way to live temptation free. There's a way to live failure free. There's a way to live free of all these things. And it is to constantly say in the middle of that failure or in the middle of that temptation, God, you love me. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Are any takers in the house here today? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, say it out loud. Don't let your feelings rob you of the life that God has for you. Don't let your feelings steal. Don't let that, that, that thing that you can't seem to break free of rob you. Don't let that bad activity or, or behavior, don't let it rob you of the life that God has for you. Submit it to your standing and watch what God does for you. I want us to see this next video, and I, I, my prayer is that set your feelings aside and maybe step into doing something that's beyond your feelings and tasting something that's absolutely amazing.
2: Hey, how you doing? My name is Jason, and I have the privilege of being able to work with our outreach team. It's probably one of the coolest things that I've ever, ever been able to do simply because of the fact I'm, I'm using my talents. I'm using the things that I've had experience with for years and years and years in life, building businesses, helping other people build businesses, and now using all of those talents to be able to tell people about Jesus. It's the most incredible thing you could imagine. You see the reaction on people's face when you give them $5. And, you know I may think $5 of gas, what's that gonna do for anything? Oh my gosh, it does amazing things for people. It's not just about the five dollars, but it's about the generosity. It's about somebody would just give and not expect anything in return. And that's exactly who Jesus is. He continues to give and doesn't expect anything in return from us. And that's what we get to do with the outreaches. So when you can use your talents and pair them up with your passion and be able to put something together to be able to bless people and show other people about the generosity that the Lord has for us, it's really incredible you realize that there's something bigger going on here in the sense that you're touching people's lives that maybe have never experienced god's generosity before by coming out to one of these outreach events and serving on a saturday and blessing people this way it it turns around and comes back and it blesses you you wouldn't think so it's supernatural it's something that's hard to even explain but by you giving it ends up being more
0: of you receive it. That awesome. That's awesome, guys. I love that. I love that testimony. You know what? I, my favorite part of that testimony is he said it's supernatural when that happens. It's a there's a flow, and that's that heavenly flow we've been talking about. God's opinion of us is good. We've been made accepted, we've been made alive, and we've been made to sit with him. There's that flow he's not looking for perfection. Jesus was perfection. He's just looking for us to be available to say, I'm willing to step out and allow this good opinion that God has for me to change me. And when we change everything else around us changes. Okay. And so I want to just encourage you guys with this, as we wrap up this series and, um, You know, I just believe that 2020 is going to be an amazing year. I really do. In my heart, every time I pray for you, I pray for the leaders of this church, I pray for the city, I I continue to feel like God is saying that there are some shifts that are going to take place. There's some rearranging that's going to take place. And he's getting us ready right now. And so one of the things that I want to encourage you to do is maybe because today you understand that God has a good opinion of you, and that's the courage that we receive and that will challenge our feelings, maybe it's time maybe to take a step. Take a step out and, and do something. Take a step and do something maybe that you've never done before. I want to encourage you with this. First of all, I want to say this. I want to address the people who consider Revolution Church their home and the people who have helped us plant this church. I want to be able to say publicly and hear from the bottom of my heart we appreciate you. The time and the talent that you guys have given to this church is amazing. I would like for you guys all to put your hands together for every person. I'm telling you, what you guys have done is amazing. The way you serve, the way you come at 7 o'clock in the morning, you set this place up and make this presentable for people to come in, to, 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 to create a platform where we could speak and, and deliver something like this and help people to discover God's unchanging love. That is a personal dream that's coming to pass in my heart. And this is just the beginning, I really believe, of what God has for us. And so I just want to say thank you for giving your time, your talent. And I'm just telling you, it is amazing. And, and I hasn't seen or ear hasn't heard what God is going to do, I really believe, in 2020. Maybe one of the next steps that you could take if you're considered Revolution Church your home is to join us for steps next week, okay? Next week, we're, is When we talk about our steps, where you, you hear a little bit more about Revolution Church, who we are. And, and really, the idea of you joining steps is not about uh, um, us trying to plug you into the church. I promise you, that's not the goal. And if you feel that way, I apologize. But the goal of steps is to get to know you and, to let, and allow you to get to know us and then our ask ourselves the this, this question together. How can we dream together? How can we dream? How can the dream that you have in your heart and the dream that we have in our heart, how can they work together? Because God wants to do some awesome things with you and God wants to do some awesome things with this church. And maybe it's just a small group. Maybe it's just that you're gonna start something in the city. We have no idea, but what an amazing opportunity we would have to join you guys next week in Steps. It's right after the service. Lunch is on us. Child care is on us. Would love to have you. All right, hey, what about this one? What about on December 7th? When we do our next outreach, when we do our next uh, free giveaway, where we're just going to love the city, it's going to be something fun. Jason's going to be leading a team. It's going to involve something hot and tasty, I promise you, without giving all the details away, all right? So maybe you just plan on joining us and joining him and that team that's going to get out there for an hour on a afternoon, on a Saturday afternoon and just love on some people. I'm telling you, it's absolutely amazing. What he said in the video was absolutely true when you when we would fill somebody's tank up when you see the look in their eye and they're like you a church is actually going to do this yeah we're doing this because we just want to love on God's people we want God's people to know that his love it doesn't change no matter what station of life you're in we just want you to know God loves you and the way people react is amazing you know, some people say, well, I'll go to church. We didn't ask about church you go to. We just God loves you. And some people sit there and they start crying. I haven't felt this ever. This is absolutely amazing. One person, one person had no money. It was amazing. It happened last summer. Had zero dollars down to nothing and had to go someplace just, you know, I think down to Detroit, but didn't know how she was going to get there. So she left her house with no money praying because she had she didn't know what else to do praying believing god that she was going to be able to get to detroit and she drove by our sign that said free gas she pulled in she said you have no idea i have been praying since i left my home when i saw this your church is an answer to prayer come on it was amazing it was amazing and she just told us and we we stood as amazed by just being one of god's vessels to help this poor woman find her way wherever she needed to go maybe that's the next step that god has for you giving your time giving your talent and maybe it's this one that that we we like to share with you that you know in january we're going to be doing 21 days of prayer it's a, it's something that we want to start as a church We want to dedicate the first 21 days to the Lord in January. I know that might seem like a long time. like Maybe you've never done anything like that. But I promise you that if you join us on this journey, your life will never be the same. As We spend 21 days. Give God your first 21 days of 2020 and watch what he will do with the rest of your days in 2020. We've been doing this for five years, and it is absolutely amazing. So I want to encourage you. Maybe that's going to be one of your next steps is to say, all right, Lord, I want to go but further. I want to find out more about this good opinion you have of me. I want to find out a little bit more about how that I can sit with you now and I don't have to work. I don't have to strive anymore, okay? Maybe that's a step that you might be able to take. Maybe a big step that you could take is what we're going to do on December 8th, which is what we're calling, we're going to officially call it this, our appreciation and anticipation seed that we're going to sow. We're going to appreciate everything that God did for us in 2019. We're going to appreciate all the outreaches. We're going to appreciate the, the 40 plus people that gave their heart to Christ since we've been doing church. We're going to appreciate all of the wonderful families that God has added to the church. We're going to appreciate all of that, but we're also going to anticipate some things that God wants to do for us in 2020. I told you last week about the seed that Jeannie and I sowed last last year when we were in the middle of a financial crisis when everything was falling apart all around us and I started to understand this message about God's opinion for us doesn't change and his love for us doesn't change and God started to show me that he was gonna pull us out of this mess he challenged me he challenged Jeannie to sow a financial seed into the kingdom of God and we did and I'm telling you, five years later, I, I told you last week, I feel like today we are reaping the harvest of this ministry as a result of the seed that we sowed five years ago. We sowed to our future. We appreciated everything God did for us, but we're also ante- anticipating what God's going to do for us. Do I have any anticipators in this house here today? Do I have anyone in this house that says, you know, I want my 2020 to rock. I want to go to some new places in 2020 that I've only dreamt of. I want my 2020 to be so different than anything I've ever experienced. I want my 2020 to finally experience how I could sit with him in heavenly places and live this restful life that he has for us, this effortless life that he has for us. How many of you know that is available to you? So if you want to appreciate, appreciate everything God has done and anticipate what God is going to do, then I've been asking you to pray and December 8th, not next week, but in two weeks, we're going to take this appreciation and anticipation offering to where you're going to sow into your 2020, just like Jeannie and I did, and just like we're going to continue to do this year. And on December 8th, I'm going to, I'm going to share with you this, that 10% of everything that comes in out of that seed offering is going to go out. And then starting in 2020, 10% of anything that comes into this church is going to go out. We're going to find local missions to support, meeting with somebody hopefully this week or or getting more information about an amazing local mission that's going on right now in the Detroit metro area that we we think we want to be a part of. We're going to sow nationally. We're going to sow a portion of that to to ARC, the, the church planting organization that sent us to plant this church. We want to We want to continue to sow back into their ministry because their goal is to have 2,000 churches just like this all around the world. We're we're church 868. This is awesome, okay? And so their goal is 2,000. So we want to continue to support them for what they're doing nationally. And then we want to find an organization that will support something that's going on in the Middle East because we want to be able to support our Christian brothers and sisters in Israel. And so those are the organizations. that, And we'll start there. And we'll start there. And as God continues to bring other opportunities, and as God continues to to increase us, we're going to increase that 10%, okay? So I just want you to know, we're going to practice what we're preaching. We really believe in generosity. We really believe that God gives us seed. Next, in in two weeks, we're going to find out what the scripture says, how, listen, listen, he supplies seed to the sower. God supplies that seed. God gives you that job. God gives you those opportunities. God opens those doors for you, right? In the anticipation that you use your seed or you use those opportunities to be a blessing for him. And in the end, generosity is the result because ultimately Thanksgiving returns back to God. It's an amazing scripture. We'll get into that in a couple weeks. But I want you to pray about it between now and then. What is the appreciation seed and anticipation seed that God is talking to you about? It's between you and the Lord. It's something that's very private. I'm going to challenge you guys with that because God has a good opinion of us. Do you guys receive that here today? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, never want to leave this opportunity with an opportunity to pray for you and invite you today if you're here and maybe you don't know Christ like we have been talking about in this message. Maybe like me, you've known Christ religiously. Maybe like me, you've known Christ in a form of rules, I do good, I get good, I do bad, I get bad. Maybe you've known Christ that way, like I did for years. I want you to know that that's not who Jesus is. Jesus is very real. And my prayer for Revolution Church is that God would use this ministry to unveil Jesus in ways that maybe people haven't yet experienced. His unconditional love, the depth of our forgiveness, the depth of the work that he did on the cross 2,000 years ago. My prayer is that God use Revolution Church to unveil this to this city and wherever God tells us to go. But you're here today. Maybe you've never allowed Jesus to be unveiled like this to you. And you said, you know what? I want to experience what it means to be accepted. I want to experience what it means to be made alive. To be seated in heavenly places with him. I can promise you this. Another lie that I believed was that if I would surrender my life to Christ, that my life would change. I would have to give up a bunch of stuff that I thought was fun. And that was the biggest lie that held me back for so long. Because the truth of the matter is that when you receive Christ, he opens the world to you. Oh, the Bible says the life of the godly is filled with adventure. That's what the scripture says. But I found that adventure the day I found Christ. If you're here today, I say, Pastor Dino, that's me. I want to know Jesus the way you know him. Or you're here today and you're just like, you know, I'm away from Christ. And... I've been stirred up. I really need to recommit my life. I really need to recommit to my relationship. It's not that God ever left you, and it's not that God's opinion of you ever changed. I promise you didn't, but we've changed, and I feel like there's a coming home pull right now. We're coming home. We're coming home. If you're here today, And either one of those two invitations with every eye bowed and every eye closed, please no one looking around. This is an amazing moment right here. It's an amazing moment. And I just believe the Holy Spirit is stirring us up here. If that's you here today for any one of those two invitations, put your hand up nice and high so I can see. I want to come in agreement with you. I want to pray with you. I see your hand, yes. I see that hand, yes. I see that hand, yes. Thank you. You can put them down. You can put them down. I am so proud of you. Jesus is proud of you. So proud of you. He wants you to know this, and I feel like I have to say this. The Bible says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Nothing can. And I found myself rejecting God's love because of the way I felt. And I pray today that you do not reject God's love based on the way you feel. Now, there are four or five hands that went up in this room, and that's amazing. And I just believe that if you're still somebody in this room where you've, you reject God's love based on the way you feel, I pray, I'm praying for you right now. I pray that God just do a work in your heart and then you come to see him like we're talking about here today because your purpose and your destiny is so amazing to him and he wants it to be amazing to you. And I don't believe you're here by accident. I believe you're here by the order of God to hear this. So I pray that your heart be changed today, that you allow him in, that you consent to let him in, that you consent not to reject, the love that he has for you. So as a congregation, I want to pray for those five people that raise their hand. Please join with me together because we don't want to embarrass them. But pray this out loud with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that your word is true. I believe Jesus is real and that you sent him to this earth to die for my sin and you raised him from the dead to pay for my sin. And right now, I'm receiving Jesus Christ into my heart to be forever changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. Come on, gotta celebrate when people pray that. prayer.